Do you see what I see? That's the question that this series continues to ask. What we see impacts how we behave and how we act and how we go about our future. Sometimes we're in that situation where we see good things on the horizon, where we see hope, where we see a future. I can remember when Tori and I first found out that we were pregnant and on all the subsequent times that we were pregnant. We have five children, so Tori spent half of her grown life pregnant. But when we first found out that that vision, that idea that we were going to have a child changed the way that we behaved and, and we began to to make preparations and live our lives differently because of what we saw in our future. Sometimes our futures are bright like that and we see something incredible coming and and it changes the way we feel about the world because we look ahead and we see something filled with hope and encouragement. And then there are other times in our lives when we look ahead and we see times that maybe aren't nearly as encouraging. Maybe you go to the doctor and, and get some news that you were hoping to never hear or, or, or you um, go to your, your, banking, or your, insta- your banking institution and, and you look at your checking account. I guess most of us do that online nowadays, but you look at your, your bottom line and your balance there and maybe uh, after Christmas uh, shopping has been done, there's not nearly as much there as you had hoped would be left. Um, maybe for some of you it's a relationship that, that you see ending somewhere down the road or changing in some way. Uh, For me, it could be as simple as the home improvement project, whichever one it is that I'm currently working on going and blowing up in my face. Um, You know, we look ahead of us and, and what we see impacts how we live our lives. And let me tell you something, there's no greater story than the story of Jesus and his birth where we can find a group of people, the characters of this story, whose lives were changed forever because of what they saw. Last week we talked about the shepherds and what they saw. They saw angels who proclaimed the message of the gospel. And that caused them to go into Bethlehem and to find the Christ child. And when they saw the Christ child and they heard the message of the angels, they became witnesses of what they had seen. And it changed their lives forever. This morning I want to talk about one of the most central characters in this story and what she saw as she anticipated the coming of the Christ child and how that changed her life. So let's read together. You follow along with me as I read Luke chapter 1. I'm going to start in verse 26 and we're going to read through verse 38. Read along with me. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, But how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Let me read that again. For the word of God will never fail. 
Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything that you have said about me come true. Then the angel left her. So what did Mary see? I can tell you what she saw before the angel came and visited her. Probably she had a very, very defined vision for what her future would look like. We're told that she was young, that she was a virgin, that she was um, betrothed or engaged to a man by the name of Joseph. Their custom was that generally Joseph would have been probably an older man. He would probably have been fairly well established. His career, as we find out in another place in Scripture, was that he was a carpenter. And so we assume that Joseph probably had established a household and and was working well toward being able to provide for he and for Mary. And so what Mary saw before the angel came was a life filled with all of the things that, that every young girl in Israel probably grew up dreaming about. Finding a nice man, getting married, starting a family together, building your old household, moving away from mom and dad. Can I get a witness? Why is it young people always want to move out and and get away from mom and dad? When will they discover that things like toilet paper and toothpaste cost money and they should live, you know, stay at home and eat free as long as they can? At least that's one philosophy. I'm sure she dreamed about having children someday and and maybe even raising her family and having grandchildren and and having that kind of household that that Tori and I dream about where the kids and grandkids come home on holidays and, and whenever they feel like it so that we can enjoy their company. I'm sure that she had this big wedding imagined in her mind that she could see how it was going to go. Um, I don't know what they did for dresses back then, but I'm sure that probably she was dreaming about how beautiful she would look on that day and how handsome Joseph would look and the day that would uh, come that that they would have their wedding and and usually if if I understand it correctly in their culture the wedding could last for days I mean it's hard enough for me to get through one wedding that that only lasts a few hours because man the the drama of all that just kind of gets to me but they would have their weddings last for days and and they would serve food and and there would be all this wonderful festivities I'm sure that in her mind she could see very clearly what her future was going to look like And then the angel shows up. And I would imagine her vision of the future changed a lot. Can you imagine how her perspective changed when the angel came and said to her the words, listen, you're going to have a child. Mary, I'm sure, asked the question that she asked out of sheer shock and and amazement. And and she asked the angel, how could this happen? And the angel gave her the answer. But as she talked with the angel, I can't help but think that that Mary's mind, that the vision began to change. And, And suddenly she realized that in her future, instead of embracing Joseph the next time she saw him, she would have to break the news that she was carrying a child that wasn't his. And I imagine she was picturing how that conversation would go. And I know that if I were Joseph, if if my betrothed came to me and said those words, I would be heartbroken. I would probably look at her and say, how did this happen? Explain this to me. And her explanation could only begin with the words, I saw an angel. And I think you can imagine how that would turn out. In Matthew's version of the same story, we find out that Joseph, after he heard the news, even though he loved Mary, wanted to divorce her. He basically decided, I'm going to divorce her quietly because he was a man of honor. He didn't want her to be shamed necessarily publicly in front of everyone. But he also wasn't willing to take upon himself the shame that she would bear by having a child out of wedlock. 
You see, when they were engaged to be married during that time, they pretty much were, were almost married. They just never consummated the relationship until after the actual wedding. And, and so this was a very serious thing. It would be a divorce, not just a, a, a separation. It would actually be a divorce. And I would imagine that Joseph was heartbroken. And Mary pictured that conversation in her mind. Now thankfully in, in Matthew's gospel we find out that God intervened and sent an angel to Joseph. But that's another part of the story. For Mary, all she could see was the man that she loved. And the disappointment that he would carry on his face. I would imagine that she saw her parents' eyes when she told them and broke the news to them. And, and after planning the wedding and, and dreaming their whole lives of, of marrying off their daughter... I would imagine that, that she was picturing the heartbreak that would happen when she told them. And again, the story that she had to tell wasn't believable. Whenever a story begins with an angel visited me, you can almost guarantee that whoever you're telling the story to is probably going to be skeptical. And so Mary envisioned a future where maybe she would no longer have a husband, where she would no longer get to experience the joy of a wedding, where she would no longer have a happy household, where she was able to bear many children and, and have grandkids and all of that. Her entire future vision changed in that moment. And suddenly all she could see was uncertainty. Isn't that the best way to describe it? She had no idea how this news would impact all of the people that she knew. And all of the people that she loved. And suddenly her vision for the future wasn't hope and excitement. It was uncertainty. Can any of you identify with that? Anybody experiencing a, a massive surge of uncertainty in this good old year that we're celebrating 2021? Friends, I'm here to tell you that, that I can barely believe all of the uncertainties that are around us. We live in a, a time of uncertainty like, like never before. I can't imagine what it would be like to live with some of the uncertainties of our day. Just a few years ago, if you'd have told me that, that I would be homeschooling my kids, that I would be home with them while they're learning online, and, and I would have the same frustrations of, of trying to figure out if they got their work done or didn't. And worse of all, I'm married to a teacher, so she has high standards, man. If the kids don't get the right grades, guess who gets the blame? It's all on me, man. She comes home. How come you didn't see this? How come you didn't check up on them? I'll tell you what, this woman over here, she's sitting right here watching me, making faces at me right now. She is a taskmaster. I'm telling you what. But if I don't get this right, it's my fault. It's not them. They don't get yelled at. I get yelled at. So then I have to yell at them, and then they get mad at me and stomp off to their rooms, which gives me peace and quiet, so it's okay. I never imagined, I never dreamed that I would be homeschooling. I never dreamed I would have to put up with sports being canceled and pushed back. I, I never thought I would dream to, to preach to a, an empty sanctuary, knowing that hopefully somebody's out there listening, even though it's hard to tell sometimes. There, this has been a year filled with uncertainty like never before. And some of the uncertainties that we've encountered this year, I'm sure are having an impact on you like they have on me. This is not an easy time. It, it, it's a time that, that changes the way we see the world. And, and we are literally living under the weight of that uncertainty. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know uh, if COVID will leave. We don't know if it'll stay. But even setting aside COVID... 
There are some things that we're, are, are uncertain about our everyday lives. And many of you, as you grow up and have grown up and have gone into your careers, there are issues that come into your life every day that you didn't expect to happen, and those things change your view of the future. And what we need to come to understand is that uncertainty will always be a part of who we are. No matter how good you are at planning, no matter how well mapped out your life is, uncertainty is always a possibility. In fact, for the people of God, for those who follow Jesus, uncertainty is always going to be there because whenever you follow someone else, you give up control of where you're going. Have you ever thought about it that way? Now, I recognize that that here in America, we have this version of Christianity where we believe that Jesus is lucky to have us, where God is just blessed that we decided to join his club and that he'll just kind of watch what we do and bless everything that we ask him to bless and stay out of the areas of our lives that we don't necessarily want him meddling in. But that's not the vision of Christianity. He said, if you're going to follow me, you need to take up your cross daily and follow me. You being willing to, to die to yourself, to give up your old life and follow after me on a daily basis. And you know what that means? That means turning control over to him. And if you do that, you will be uncertain at times because you don't get to write your own ticket. It's kind of like riding when somebody else is driving. Now, I'm personally, as a man, I don't like to ride in the passenger seat. Can I get a witness? Any of you men like to ride in the passenger seat? I don't like to ride in the passenger seat. I want to have my hands firmly on the steering wheel so I know exactly where I'm going. And sometimes, even when I'm riding with my wife, I feel like I don't know where we're going because she takes these weird, odd routes to places that don't make any sense to me. You know, like, And this happens on a regular basis. Like, I'll be driving to her school, for instance, and she will be sitting in the passenger seat. And, you know, understand she drives there every day, so she thinks she knows the best way. How many of you men know that your wife never knows the best way to get anywhere? It's always our way is better, right? Isn't that the way it is? And so sometimes I'll be driving down the road, and I'll go through a light, and she'll say, why didn't you turn back there? And I'm like, because I'm going this way. This is the best way to go. And she'll tell me, nope, I've mapped it out. I've clocked it out. I'm going this way. And so when she's driving, I never know where we're going because she takes these weird routes. And I got to be honest with you, sometimes I go the wrong way when I'm driving just to make her, you know, irritated a little. I, I do that. It's just something I do. And she's glaring at me right now. So it's not going to be a very Merry Christmas unless I straighten this up. Anyway, so uncertainty when, when you're not the one driving. There's always going to be a degree of uncertainty. And if you follow Jesus as Scripture intended, there will always be a sense of uncertainty. Now, there are some things when we follow Christ that we can absolutely be certain of. The fact that God loves us, for instance. The Bible teaches that God loves humanity, that He loves every person who has ever been born, that He is not willing that any should perish, but that all should find repentance. God loves you no matter what. We can be certain of that. We can be certain that when Jesus died on the cross of Calvary, his sacrifice was enough so that we could be forgiven of our sins. We can be certain of that. We can be certain that God has a plan for each and every one of our lives. We may not like the plan. We may not know the plan at times. But God has a plan for you. And you can be certain of that. And his plan will always put you in a better place than you were before. We can be sure that, that loving God and loving others is always God's will for us and will always be the best way. If you're in doubt, love somebody. I'm going to say it again. Love somebody. If you're in doubt, don't fall prey to the, the temptation to just get ornery or mean or disgusted or unsure. If you're uncertain... 
Just love somebody. It will always be the right thing to do. There are certain things that we can be absolutely certain about. But in, in, in when we follow Christ, there will always be a degree of uncertainty because sometimes God calls us to places and sends us to do things that we never expected that he would call us to do. And friends, that is exactly what happened to Mary. Mary was living what she expected would be a happy, normal life. And suddenly an angel shows up and breaks the news to her that, that God has a very specific, powerful plan for her life and suddenly everything is uncertain in Mary's life and you know what Mary responded to that uncertainty that the angel introduced into her life in some amazing ways now now she had her doubts make no mistake about it she had some doubts and she asked some questions and I believe it's okay for us to do that you do understand that that God is secure enough that he doesn't mind if we ask questions from time to time Sometimes when God breaks into our lives and and maybe changes the plan or changes our future, it's okay for us to say, God, what are you doing right now? Help me understand, you know, why why are are we headed in this direction? I thought we were going this way. Um, You know, I, I think God is big enough. I think he's secure enough that he doesn't mind our questions. But friends, if we're going to question God's plan, then we need to be ready. We need to be ready to accept the answers that he gives us. When I was a kid... My dad used to tell me no from time to time. I hope your parents told you no from time to time. I think that's something that's kind of missing in, in today's method of parenting. I, I know a lot of parents who don't necessarily think that no is something you should ever say to your kids. And, and I got to tell you, I take great joy, especially as I'm getting older now and telling my children no as many times a day as I can. Sometimes I even say no when I mean yes, just to irritate them. Any of you do that? You ever do that? They, they come to you with something, you just say no automatically and then make them talk you into it. Anyway, I do that sometimes. But my dad would frequently say no when I'd ask him to do stuff because some of the stuff I asked to do, quite frankly, was not good for me to do. I'm not even going to tell you some of the stuff I asked that he had to say no to. But whenever my dad would say no, almost unequivocally, I would say, why? And my dad would usually tell me why. Now, every once in a while, he'd pull the old, because I said so. Any of you ever done that? Or he'd say, and my dad, I think this was unique to my dad, he would say, for a while. I'd say, why? He'd say, for a while. That is so maddening. Because you can't argue with that. Because here's the thing. When I asked my dad why, I didn't really want to know why. I wanted to know how do I best argue you into my perspective and try to talk you into letting me do whatever it is I wanted to do anyway. And that's why I would ask the question. Not because I wanted to hear his answer, but because I wanted to argue with his answer. Now here's the thing. Sometimes when we ask God why... We're asking him why because we think we can somehow argue him into our way of thinking or change his mind. Now, friends, let me, let me just say this. The Bible does teach that with the fervent prayers that we offer, sometimes I believe we can bend and we can change the heart of God. I believe that because he's a loving Heavenly Father. But when he tells us no and he sends us in a direction, I don't think you're going to talk God into anything. And so if we're going to ask God why, we need to be prepared to hear his answer. And you know what? Mary was. Mary was prepared to hear it. She asked the angel the question, how is this going to happen? I'm a virgin. The angel angel gave her the answer. And when Mary got the response, her response to the response was, I am the Lord's servant. In case you're wondering, that's the right answer. If If you ever ask God a question and he gives you the answer and he wants you to go in another way, this is the right answer. I am the Lord's servant. In other words, I'll do whatever you need me to do, God. 
I'll go wherever you want me to go. I'll do whatever you want me to do. That is always the right answer. She said, I am the Lord's servant. Let everything that you have said about me come true. Friends, that's a dangerous thing for a person to say. God, I'll do whatever you want to do, and whatever it is that you want me to do, let that come true. Wow. That is powerful faith. You see, Mary understood who she was. She understood that she was the servant of the Most High God. And she trusted God with her life. She was certain of a truth that we need to be certain of today. And that truth is in the answer that the angel gave. It's in verse 37. The angel said this. He said, listen, for the word of God will never fail. Say that with me again. For the word of God will never fail. Friends, in uncertain times, there is a truth that you need to remember. There is a truth that you can trust. There's a truth that you can grab onto. And that truth is this, that that God's word never fails. Now, friends, here's the thing. I believe we, we live in a society, we live in a time where everybody wants to take Scripture and make it fit what they believe. We sometimes misuse the Bible and we take it out of context. But let me tell you something. If you go to the Scripture honestly and you read the Word of God with an open and honest heart, and when God speaks to you from His Word, you can trust that Word to be true now and forevermore. And as I said before, the word says that God loves you unequivocally and you can trust that that is true even when things look uncertain. The Bible tells us that the Jesus gift of, of Christ or Jesus gift of his own life on the cross of Calvary was enough to cover our sins. The Bible says that and you can believe that that is true. It is certain. The word of God never fails. You can trust it. And friends, in these uncertain times in which we live, the tendency is to question God, to question His will, to question His plan, or God forbid, to question His very existence because we're asking ourselves the question, God, don't you see what we're going through? Don't you see what we see? God, don't you know COVID is wrecking our lives right now? But you know what God might be saying in heaven? And far be it from me to know the mind and the heart of God perfectly. But maybe, just maybe, God is in heaven saying, Listen, I know you hate COVID. I know you hate being home with your families. But maybe some of you needed some extra time with your families. Amen? Maybe some of you needed to stop distracting yourselves with everything else in the world. And you needed to drill on that which is most important and maybe that thing that you needed to drill down on was your role as a father as a husband as a wife as a mother maybe just maybe there's something that you need to learn through this maybe just maybe the way that that we were doing life in our generation needed a reboot and so this was the way that that god was able to say look if if i allow this to happen Maybe, just maybe, my church, my people will learn some of the lessons, the centuries, and they haven't quite got yet. You never know. But I do know this. God does see what we see. He knows what we're going through. And he knows the uncertainties that you're fighting right now. And you can count on the fact that his word is always true and will never fail. His promises are true. And his faithful love for you endures forever. 
We can tell Mary's heart by the very next scriptures that come. It's called, I believe, the Magnificat, if you look in the older translations. Basically, after the angel goes away, Mary breaks into song and declares how blessed she is to be able to be God's vessel, to be his servant on this earth. And friends, it is my sincere hope that this week, as we go through the Christmas season, that, that some of us that are maybe be crying the fact that we can't be with some of the people we'd love to be with this Christmas, and maybe we can't do some of the things that we wish we could do, that we will settle down and, and rest in the promises of God's word, that, that he is always there, he will never leave us or forsake us, that he always loves us, his, his faithful love endures forever. And maybe, just maybe, God has something to teach us by letting us sit at home and do things a little bit differently during this time of year. Friends, whatever this week holds for you, I hope that you will participate in the Christmas season as much as you are able, and that you will do everything in your power to spread the joy and the love and the hope that Christ brings into our lives to everyone that you meet, whether it's in person or whether it's virtual. Let's pray together. Our God in heaven, we come before you today and Like Mary, many of us had a future planned out for us. Many of us saw a vision of what the future would look like that that maybe looks a little different now because of recent circumstances. And it may not have even been COVID or or the the particular we're in. Maybe some that are hearing my voice had things happen this year that, that to the rest of us might think just unspeakable or unheard of. Lord, none of us can really know what what those around us are facing, but I do feel an overwhelming sense, and I believe it's your spirit, that, that the world that we're living in today is filled with uncertainty for all of us. And we know sometimes, God, that you allow uncertainty to come into our lives so that we can learn to trust you more. And that if we're really going to follow you, there has to be that degree of uncertainty because you're going to lead us in a direction that we may not have figured out yet. Father, the the 10, 11, 12-year-old me had no idea that I would one day be preaching to a bunch of cameras in an empty room. And yet, Lord, you've brought me to this point in my life. And I believe that you're going to take me from here to the next step of where you want me to be. And I pray that each person hearing my voice would be able to see you at work like that in their lives. That maybe who they were 10 years ago isn't who they are today. And that they would see you intervening on their behalf to become, to help you become the, the people that, they, that you need them to be. I pray that you would help us to see your hand at work even in uncertain times. And to be confident that we can trust you no matter what. Lord, I pray that this week week would be a week of, of simply resting in your peace, following your will, and trusting in the promises of Scripture. Thank you, God, once again for sending your Son into this world. And guide us this week as we celebrate that event together. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.